بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم محمد رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ نائٹ از دا نائنتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی ٹو of our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So first with regards to his beautiful name, Sheikh Abdullah Sirajuddin Al-Husseini Rahmatullah who died 20 years ago, 2002, in his work Al-Salat Ala Al-Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, page 157 of the English translation, he elucidated. This honorable name indicates firstly an abundance of praise and secondly a large number of those who praise him thirdly it also indicates an abundance of things within him that merit praise so stop in the quote so the sheikh himself is a descendant of the prophet from the lineage of imam hussein radiyallahu So he wrote a work on the virtues of the prophets, sending blessings on the prophets, and he's talking about the blessed name Muhammad. And he mentioned three things. He goes, the honor in the name, the first is, it's an abundance of praise. That's one meaning. The second, a large number of those who praise him. And the third meaning an abundance of things within him that merit praise. So there's three angles which you can look at. Then the Shaykh said, this is because his name falls under the pattern of Mufa'al with a double enunciation on the middle letter. And this pattern is coined to indicate abundance and increase. So if you look at the blessed name of the Prophet the meme is, is double. Muhammad And that in Arabic is Mufa'al. And this in Arabic is used to indicate abundance and increase. The Shaykh continues. For instance, it is said that someone is Mu'azzam, exalted. Mubajjal, venerated, Mukarram, honored, and Mumadda, loaded, when his exaltation, veneration, honor, and laudation is abundant and oft repeated time and time again. So if you look at the words Mu'azzam, the Z is doubled, Mubajjal, the, the J is doubled, Mukarram, the The R is doubled, Mumadda, the Dal is doubled. And all of this coins the meaning, exaltation, veneration, honor. For instance, Makkah al-Muqarrama. So, what's, what's uh, Mufa'al there? The Mufa'al there is the Re, Muqarrama. Muqarrama, and you've got, that means the honored, the intensely honored. And you've got Madina al-Munawwara, i.e. with the W. 
And this means Medina, the intensely illuminated. The Sheikh then said, and our master Muhammad has been given the name Muhammad for he is oft praised time and time again. Praised constantly and unceasingly. He is the oft praised with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The angels, alayhi salatu wasalam, his brothers amongst the prophets and messengers, alayhi salatu wasalam, the inhabitants of the heavens and those surrounding the arsh and with the inhabitants of the earth and the lower realms. So the blessed name is a lecture in itself. You know, people say, what was his name? Muhammad. So to the English speaking Muslim, it's just the name. But if you look at the linguistics, it's the perfect name given to the last prophet, because it means the one who's praised in every quarter. And the first quarter he's praised is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is sending salat upon him, the Quran says. And this also indicates this has been going on eternally. Allah has been doing this eternally for his beloved, the angels also send blessings upon him and of course etc etc indeed right from the onset clear signs of majesty was observed from our beloved messenger for instance in Behaki ibn asakir al-mawahib sayyida halima his blessed foster mother she said when he was weaned away from milk the first words he uttered were, Allahu Akbar Kabira, Walhamdulillahi Kathira, Wa Subhanallahi Bukratu Wa Asila. When he was slightly older, he would leave the dwelling and see other youngsters playing, but he would stay aloof from them, i.e., he would not take part in their playing. So let's look at this. So Halima was his famous foster mother, and she said when he was weaned, at the age of two or thereabouts, from the milk, he goes, I heard him say these words. And this became a famous zikr many years later. Allahu Akbar Kabira, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the innumerously uh, great, Walhamdulillahi Kathira. All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in abundance. Wa subhanallahi bukratu wa asila. And glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every morning and evening. He uttered that 38 years before he announced his prophethood. So that was the first zikr. As if he was saying, This is the first stage of mine that's complete. I've, I've been suckled. Then she said, When he got slightly older, meaning he was now able to walk. He goes, he would leave the dwelling, but he would not play with other youngsters. Meaning he didn't have time for this frivolity. This was just like his noble brother, the holy prophet Yahya about whom Ma'amar Rahmatullah he recited in Surah Maryam, Surah 19, verse 12. And we gave him wisdom even as a youth. He then explained, Yahya was only two or three years old when he received wisdom. 
the children asked him, why don't you play with us? Yahya replied, was I created for games? <laughs> this is in Ahmed in his Zuhud, Hakim in his Mustadrak, Delami ibn Abi Hatim, Qadi Iyad Shifa, page 51 of the English translation. So in the Quran, Allah the Almighty and Lord, he says that when he was Sabiya, when he was a, a youth, an infant, we gave him wisdom. Ma'amar said it, may, it means he was two or three years old. So now think about that. What do two and three year old children do now? So obviously, you know, they play. It's the time for them to play and enjoy. The children asked, why don't you play with this? Meaning he didn't play with them. He goes, was I created for games? <coughs> so note, the Prophet ﷺ, he kept aloof from childish games. And this was also the example of the previous Prophets. In one report, our beloved messenger himself is reported to have said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala is amazed by the youth who does not possess childish manners. Your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala is amazed by the youth who does not possess childish manners. This is in Ahmad Tabarani in his Kabir, Abu Ya'la Behaki ibn Abi Hatim al-Qudai, Ad-Da'ifa, number 2426. So amazed here doesn't mean that you've caught Allah the law of God. Because when we get amazed, it means that something's caught us. You can't catch Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The scholars explain it means that he's impressed. It pleases him. Your Lord is amazed by the youth who does not possess childish manners. Meaning it's a trait that Allah Ta'ala likes. Especially in the youth. They've got like the, you can see greatness in them. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he also said, Halima would not let him go too far. But one high noon, he left with his foster sister, Shima, towards the grazing field. Halima then went in search of him and found him with his foster sister and rebuked her, saying, In this heat, you have brought him out. Shima replied, Dear mother, don't worry, for my brother does not feel any heat because I've noticed a scrap of cloud casting shade over him. Indeed, whenever he stopped, it also stops. And whenever he moves, it also moves. And like this, we have reached this place. This is in Ibn Asakir, Abu Nu'im, Ibn Sa'ad, and Istabakat, Al-Mawahib. So, why am I mentioning these reports? Because in his infancy and in his youth, there were signs of Nabut. So obviously Halima was worried. Because obviously she was uh, living in the desert. The temperature, even for a, a, an adult, is dangerous. So for them to go out, and it mentions high noon. <laughs> so this is the time when even, you know, you just get, have a kailul, he's gone out. So she uh, frantically looks, searching for him. And when she found the sister, because in this heat you brought him out. And what did she say? He goes, heat doesn't affect him. He goes, there's a scrap of cloud and it, it follows him. And he goes, so there's nothing to worry about. With regards to his own dear mother, Sayyidah Amina radiallahu, it is related that our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi was allowed to visit her grave. This is recorded in Abu Dawud. So uh, Amina radiallahu passed away when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi was six. So now, it mentions that he was allowed to visit her grave, sallallahu alayhi wa So this proves 
his mother was a righteous woman. For Allah the Almighty forbade him وسلم, from even standing at the graves of the unbelievers. Where does he mention that? In Surah Tawbah, Surah 9, verse 84, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, وَلَا you must neither say the funeral prayer nor stand at the grave of any of them. So this is a clear verse. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious commands His beloved no funeral prayer i.e. for the hypocrites nor stand at the grave of any of them. So now if he was told not to stand at the grave of the hypocrite, an unbelieving hypocrite, does that mean he was allowed to stand at the graves of the unbelievers? And the answer is no. He can't benefit the unbelievers. So Allah always protects his beloved from harm. So there is no rational reason for him to stand next to the grave of an unbeliever. So question, why was he allowed to visit his mother's grave? You know, Bole Bali Musulman, you know, the Prophet, you know, said, I've been allowed to visit my grave. Uh, my mother's grave. So that indicates something clearly. It is true that in the same report in Abu Dawood, our beloved Messenger he said, but I was not allowed to supplicate for her forgiveness. So that's the same hadith. I'm allowed to visit her grave, but I am not allowed to supplicate for her forgiveness. So what was the reason for this? One answer could be, that to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness for an innocent may cause a doubt of that individual being sinful. Thus he was prevented so this would not cause doubt to others about his mother's purity. So this is one reason. So the problem is you've gone straight into a negative because I'm not, I am not allowed to pray for their forgiveness. So shaitan will instantly inspire the person. That means that she's not a Muslim. So the question is, well, couldn't it also mean that Allah wanted the Muslims to know that she's not, she doesn't need to be prayed forgiveness over. She's forgiven. Imam Suyuti, he clarified in his work, Masalik Hanafa. And this is a work, what's this work? The work is, uh, uh, he wrote this about the Hanifs. I, those who came in between revelation, where there's no prophets and those who were living righteous lives as best they could. So he wrote there a work on Masalik, meaning the rulings of the Hadiths. In there, Imam Suyuti said, Rahmatullah. Firstly, his sallallahu parents were amongst who all such people have already been granted redemption. The reason for not granting permission for begging forgiveness for his mother was that she was not muqallif, one accountable, and forgiveness is not prayed for a non-muqallif. So Imam Suyuti first mentioned that she was living in the time of the, you know, in between revelation, as they say. And these are people who are not accountable. So there's no point in praying for the forgiveness for the one who is a non-muqallif. Then Imam Suyuti said, Secondly, all men and women of his ancestry were believers. Thus the request was not granted so that there would be no doubt of her being sinful. So obviously there's many reports because I was passed on from pure lines to pure lines. And they were either prophets or righteous souls.
So Imam Suyuti says, this is his mother. So obviously, there was no doubt of her being sinful. And thirdly, the parents of the Prophet ﷺ were brought to life once more. They believed in their son ﷺ and then returned once more to their state. So Imam Suyuti mentions this as a third uh, clarification. He's referring to a hadith. The hadith is in Darukutni, but is weak. When the hadith says that the Prophet made a dua, allow me to my parents to come back to life so I can preach to them. And then the report goes, they came back to life and the Prophet asked them to take the shahada. They took the shahada and they passed back into the grave. So the Prophet wanted that because he wanted them to also have the honor of being Muslims. Are you taking the shahada? So Imam Sayyuti goes, there's, there's a third wisdom there, which is also mentioned, though the hadith is weak. May Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with both his magnificent and noble parents. Amen. Indeed, our pious predecessors would not allow any disrespect to take place with regards to our beloved messenger. So now this report I'm going to mention shows on what level the Prophet was or is, sallallahu alayhi wa Qadi Iyad records this in his Ash-Shifa 2-51. The narration in regards to Rasulullah having a liking for God, i.e. Pumkin, was mentioned in the presence of Imam Abu Yusuf. When the hadith was mentioned, a person in the gathering said, but I do not like God. Upon this, Imam Abu Yusuf, he took out his sword. He said, Jaddidil imana wa illa la'aktulannak. Renew your iman. Otherwise, I will kill you. <laughs> so let's look at this. So who's Imam Abu Yusuf? He's an imam. He's a mujtahid imam. He was the famous student of Imam Abu Hanifa. He was the chief qadi of the Abbasids. So, what did that man say? The man said, I don't like Pumkin. So, for instance, you hear a hadith, and maybe the Prophet likes something. So, the man, he didn't mean unbelief by it. He just said, well, I, I don't have a liking for it. So, Imam Abu Yusuf didn't just say to him, you shouldn't have said that. He took out his sword. And what did he say? Two things. Jaddadil Iman. Renew your Iman. Wa illa Otherwise, I shall kill you on the spot. So what did the man have to do? He had to say shahada again. He goes, Ya Allah, forgive me. <laughs> so he considered this to be a reason to take his life. Because that, he goes, is disrespecting the Prophet So why have I mentioned this here? What do you think, you buffoon? <laughs> what the honorable Imam have done to the one who says the Prophet's parents are in hell? <laughs> think about that. You know, somebody goes to you, look, let me give you a scenario, you know, the pumpkin, uh, do you have a liking for pumpkin? And he goes, well, no, not really. And he goes, oh, the prophet liked pumpkin. Yeah. And if he says, well, I, I still don't like it, would you then say, take your shahada again, or I'll kill you? You think, brother, come on, that's going a bit too far. Imam Abu Yusuf said that. Then we don't need to ask that question. If somebody goes, well, what if you think the prophet's parents are in hell? Well, what do you think he's going to do? <coughs> so no, this is again something too really reflect upon I in terms of the status of the Prophet You have to be very careful. And again, unfortunately, people aren't. Sheikh Hamza mentioned something interesting. He said, even those who have that view, i.e., 
that the Prophet's parents are unsuccessful, they still do not speak derogatory about them. So there is a view, minority view amongst the ulama. Well, if you look at what they say, they don't just blatantly say they're going to help. They just say that the text mentioned this. They'll mention the hadith, they'll mention another report because the text seemed to indicate something. And they don't even bother writing it. So that was their view. Why? Because they feared the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now people, without even a second thought, they just blurt it out. Astaghfirullah. So all I mentioned today was taking a glimpse once again into the extraordinary status of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa First mentioning his blessed name. And again, many lessons to take from his holy name. And then I mentioned a glimpse into his youth, indicating that his youth was also phenomenal. And then I mentioned, of course, uh, the Prophet being allowed to visit the grave of his mother, which is critical in understanding the status of his his parents. Are there any questions? Let us. Subhanallah bihamdi subhanallahumma bihamdika ashhadu an la illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaika wa billahi min shururi anfusikum subhanallahi rabbika rabbil izati amma yasifun assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin bismillahir rahmanir rahim wal asr inna sanalafi khusr alladhina amanu wa amilus salihat wa asbihi al haqq wa asbihi sabr